From Welcome Villain Films, the studio that brought you the horror hit Malum, as well as Beaten to Death and Hunter Killer, comes their newest nightmare, Mind, Body, Spirit, now available on digital. Directed by Alex Haynes and Matthew Miranda, and produced by Dan Asma, Mind, Body, Spirit follows Anya, an aspiring yoga influencer, as she embarks on a ritual practice left behind by her estranged grandmother. What starts as a spiritual self-help guide quickly evolves into something much more sinister. As Anya becomes increasingly obsessed with the mysterious power of the practice, she unwittingly unleashes an otherworldly entity that begins to take control of her life and her videos. Now, Anya must race to unlock the truth before her descent into madness threatens to consume her mind, body, and spirit. During its festival tour, which stops at Chattanooga Film Festival and the Unnamed Footage Festival, Mind, Body, Spirit garnered praise from critics who call it a found footage version of Hereditary and a knockout found footage horror movie for the live stream era. Experience the first ever yoga-themed found footage horror film and don't miss the film viewers have called extremely frightening and upsetting. Available now on digital anywhere you rent or buy movies online, including Prime Video and Apple Plus. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's the show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com And welcome back to Scarred for Life, the podcast where we open up old wounds by looking back at the films that scared us as kids. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. In each episode, our special guest brings with them a movie that traumatized them as a child. This week, our guest is Glory Corey. She is a writer whose work has appeared in places such as Fangoria and Shudder's new le- newsletter, The Bite. And she also has a podcast coming out soon as part of Anatomy of the- a Scream called The Scream Teens, which is so exciting. And she's also a <laughs> filmmaker. We are so excited to have you on the show. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. It's so cool that you're like a young horror person that's like speaking <laughs> out for why teens matter in the genre world because <laughs> god damn it's important. So it's just cool. Thank it's you. so admirable and awesome. Thanks. Yeah, we're really excited to to get your perspective on these movies because I'll, I'll tell you, the movie you chose is is wild <laughs> to me. So uh, I mean, there's a little tease for the audience. It's it's I, I think this is why I love talking to people of, of different ages because you get this kind of different perspective. So, and Terry and I have two very different perspectives on this movie. So oh, we sure do. <laughs> um, but before we start talking about that, uh, Corey, how did you get? 
into horror. It's, I mean, I've loved horror ever since I was, like, really little. I think it started because my mom, like, went all out with Halloween decorating and was, like, really crazy about it. Was she like the cool person on the on the on the street oh, that yeah. had like every single thing and like yes. everyone wanted to go to the house? Oh my yeah, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> totally. She always made sure to like force me to watch the monsters and the Adams Family and Scooby Doo as a kid. So I sort of grew up watching a lot of like horror TV shows. Um, okay. Yeah, oh, and yeah. I've always just really liked horror stories in general. Cool. So what um what are some of your favorite? horror movies or series of that you watched growing up i would definitely say courage the cowardly dog that like scarred me oh, for life courage. okay my god courage the cowardly dog i think is why i am the way i am today Same. it's so that it's so odd and weird but perfect and i love it what an insane show i quote it often which is funny <laughs> like sometimes i'll just go return the slab which is the scary my too. scariest episode to meet when they find the slab and like the mummy yeah. is haunting them oh my god oh my god <laughs> terry have you terry you've watched it you said right I, yeah i actually really liked courage the cowardly dog i did watch that a bunch um i you know i never had cable until i was like on my own as an adult really? so like wow. yeah so like I uh I remember watching a lot of Courage uh as a cartoon as an adult and thinking wow this is actually <laughs> really good so yeah, yeah no I, so I I did good. that was a favorite oh my god I love him yeah me too so much anyway sorry I was like Courage the Cowardly Dog <laughs> no, I, love that show. I can talk about that show for hours it's so good <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's amazing anything on on Cartoon Network was so good. Oh my god, yes. That and, like, Scooby-Doo. I have seen, like, every rendition of Scooby-Doo, every episode. I love Scooby-Doo so much. Who's your favorite villain from Scooby-Doo? Oh god, there are so many. I think... (laughs) (laughs) You can't make me choose just one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god, I think... The glowing space kooks are probably my favorite. Those are really fun. Hell yeah. Cool. And do you like Scooby-Doo... Scooby-Doo, Jesus. <laughs> Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Oh my god, I am obsessed with Scooby-Doo on okay, Zombie cool. Island. I figured you were, but like... But I have to say, Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost is better, and the Hex Girls are, like, one of the reasons I am the way I am. <laughs> I love the Hex I Girls. I mean, I also. <laughs> yeah, I, I know Trace really loves uh, Zombie Island. I have, I have never... I have never seen it. <gasps> you have to see it. It's so no, good. Yeah. I think it's, <laughs> it's on really Netflix. fun. It's on it's, Netflix. Yeah. It's not what you'll ex- you won't be expecting it, I don't think. There's okay. there's some odd interesting things in there. Yeah, I, I mean I know Trace <laughs> like Trace talks about it all the time and I just uh I, I was just at that age where I I missed that cuz I I love Scooby-Doo as well. I grew up on on the on the original renditions of it mm-hmm. and you know that's the thing that I do love is the fact that it seems like certain properties, and we'll get into this with the with the movie we're talking about, um, continue <laughs> throughout the generations, and I think I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and then there was there have been so many new ones. There's one called Mystery Inc. Oh yeah, yeah, that one was pretty good too. I watched that as a kid, and like Gravity Falls and Goosebumps. Definitely. Oh, I love Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls is so good. Ugh, I love cartoons. Me too. Cartoons <laughs> are good. Like, oh, I love cartoons. <laughs> Do you remember what your first horror movie was? I think it was this. Okay. Um, that I can oh, remember. Really? Oh, yeah. Cool. Interesting. Okay. That'll be interesting to talk about. I, it's an interesting like pathway into horror. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. Um. <laughs> well, and it's interesting because I feel like Terry and I were talking about this that a lot of the guests we talk to are like older, like mm-hmm. older, 
not old, but old, like in their like twenties and thirties, and they watch like straight up scary movies. But it'll it's interesting because I think like because you're eighteen now, I'm seventeen, but almost you're seventeen, 18. yeah. I'm kind of, I'm sort of close in age to you. I'm 27, but I feel like there was a generation where, like, it wasn't just scary horror movies. There were more kids oriented horror movies that were on, like, Disney Channel and Cartoon Network that were, like, not, I feel dumbed down is, like, the wrong way to put it, but, like, we're more meant for kids. They're definitely, yeah. Um, I always wonder how people were able to, like, see those movies, like Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff, because my parents would not let me watch anything scary. And I couldn't go to movie theaters by myself, obviously, as a kid. So, Well, I was a child of divorce. <laughs> <laughs> and one parent, I was, this is so funny because I was thinking about it watching this movie. I was like, I realized that like I never watched scary movies at my mom's house. And I live with my mm-hmm. mom primarily. So I would watch like Halloween Town and stuff like that on Disney. But yes, with my dad, Halloween it was an all out like, I don't care how fucking old you are. watching The Exorcist. <laughs> We're watching like oh, Blair that. Witch. So it was... <laughs> Two, like, very different households. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's how I did it. But I know Terry has a different. (laughs) It's one of those things where it's, like, originally my parents introduced me to the, like, Nightmare on Elm Street and introduced me to, like, Alien. And then there was a time when all of a sudden they – I don't know if it was the emerging, like, really conservative poll in the late 80s, early 90s. But, like, all of a sudden – I wasn't allowed to see those movies anymore. Oh, so it was, yeah, it was weird. So yeah, so for me, I I kind of retreated into reading a lot of books because that was one mm-hmm. thing that was never supervised. Oh wow, <laughs> that's smart. For me, it was like I could only get away with like watching Courage the Cowardly Dog and saying, "Oh, it's on Cartoon <laughs> Network, Mom. It's fine." <laughs> that's literally that with my mom. But my mom, yeah. my mom was like. You're on thin ice with Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine too. <laughs> and my parents like aren't big horror fans or anything, so they never thought to show me those movies, I guess. I had to like stumble across oh. everything by myself. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you're technically not an adult <laughs> yet. But so like what draws you to horror now as like you've grown up and you've started watching these like, you know, horror movies geared towards kids and like those classic cartoons Mm -hmm. what draws you to horror now as you've kind of grown up with the genre definitely the like social messages that's like i think the coolest part of all art but i think horror does such an amazing job at it and i'm also really obsessed with like good villains um Mm. and obviously horror is the best for that very what are true. some uh some some good villains that you've seen recently? Recently, Daniel yeah. from Daniel isn't real. I oh, will, yeah. I am so obsessed with this movie and I have not gotten to talk about it yet, but it is like definitely my favorite of 2019. I thought Daniel was so perfect. Was he really good. was. He oh was my God, so yeah. good. Obviously the classic like Hannibal Lecter, J- mm-hmm, the Joker, mm-hmm. those kind of Jason, cool. Michael. Okay, so here's a question. Jason mm-hmm. or Freddy? Mm. I go back and forth on this. I think I'll have to say Jason, but Michael is my favorite of all time. Okay. Okay. I only say Freddy versus Jason just because, like, we always laugh. Because, like, <laughs> Terry and I are very staunch Freddy Krueger people. Yes, so we yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mike. Okay. I can. I respect Michael. I respect Michael. I feel like he's the king of all slashers. I don't know why. Well, I mean, I I, like... he kind of did sort of establish the American yeah. trend of it in a yeah, way. That's true. I don't know. I just always think of him as being like. At the top of the pyramid or something. <laughs> yeah. So, do horror movies still scare you? I will say Host really scared me and Beach House. But besides <laughs> that, not recently. 
Okay. They did when I was little, definitely. But it's sort of okay. It only it depends on the subject matter, I guess. Dude, both those yeah. movies scared me. So yeah. they were so, <laughs> so scary. Shit out of me. Host, oh my god. I, oh my god. I could not sleep for days after watching that movie. Invisible <laughs> Man scared me too. I thought the camera work on that was insane. Oh yeah. Um, so cool. Lee Winnell, he's so good. There were yeah. some really scary movies this year. Yeah, I loved it though. I was so happy. Oh. Yes, I love it too. It's always so like we talk about this all the time, but it's like uh, after you've watched so many horror movies, it's hard to get scared. You get like, desensitized. You, you totally yeah, do. exactly. Like you absolutely love the mm-hmm. movies, but you're like I'm not scared. And then when you yeah. feel that fear, like when you're scared to turn off the light, you're like, mm-hmm. oh shit, this is a real one. Like I'm scared <laughs> to walk into a dark room. Yeah. It's so weird because, like, I forced my mom to watch Scream this year, and she was so scared, and she was, like, scared to turn on, oh. turn off the lights and stuff, and I was like, I think this is the most mild movie ever, so <laughs> what does that say about me? It is pretty mild. Well, because it is, like, I mean, it's funny. It's so it's funny. So and she was meta. like, how are you laughing at this? And I was like, it's hilarious. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, oh, mom. Oh, mom. <laughs> so what are your favorite horror movies now? Oh, my God. Or um, what are some of your favorite horror movies now? Scream is, I think, my all-time favorite. Daniel okay. isn't real. The Shining. Starry Eyes. Yeah. I don't know if you've guys seen, have seen oh, that, but it's so good. I've seen. I have you seen Starry, Starry Eyes, Jerry? I have not. It's a blind spot, a recent blind spot that I need to uh, to rectify because I did like because it's it's the people that did um the new pet cemetery yeah 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 and they're so Mm -hmm. cool they came into my um horror class i took a horror production course and they like talked to us and they were so interesting horror production course where did you go to school um well it was a usc like summer course and uh dr rebecca mckendry teaches it who she's the coolest woman on earth you took you took her class i literally feel so lucky because she's just learning horror from her is like incredible i mean that's she's so cool yeah she literally knows everything (laughs) i i do i love her so much i got to meet her finally this year at at panic fest her and elric Mm -hmm. and it was so it was so cool like it it was it was so funny because um (laughs) i knew i heard that she was coming and we went to go see sea fever yeah and uh which is a uh aquatic yeah. horror which is like her, her, is her jam <laughs> right and then all of a sudden i see her come in and i'm with like two friends that are, are you know they like horror movies but they're not really in the horror mm-hmm. scene and i'm like oh my god that's rebecca <laughs> mckendry <laughs> it was like a legit and, the, and I was, they're like who and i'm like oh my god there's Elric kane <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. then like adam and then adam green comes in and i'm like oh and there's adam green but i'm like <laughs> which is you know a legit filmmaker but like it, which I love. I, don't get me wrong. I love him. But it was like you first walk in with, with Elric and Rebecca and I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm so starstruck. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> she's literally just, oh, my God, she's so amazing. And she's so she really smart. Like, I, I don't know another oh person God. that knows so much about horror. It's amazing to hear her, like, talk. Just to, She can literally talk for hours on, like, one subject. It's so cool. <sighs> Yeah, I want to I take one her. of her classes so bad. I want to pick her brain about being a horror academic because I love, like, I'm a horror academic, but I'm scared to get my PhD. <laughs> but I'm always like, <laughs> oh, curious no. to chat with her. You should. She does it like every summer, I think, but she had to work pretty hard to get it like established, the class itself. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. That's not surprising. So pivoting back to you. <laughs> so you started a blog, right? Like, yes. To write about horror. Mm-hmm. What prompted you to start this blog like what was the impetus for it well actually uh dr mckendry 
like, what I took a class was saying, like, you can't wait for anyone to, you know, give you permission to make something. You have to just make something on your own. And all of my friends and family got really tired of me talking about horror movies so much. (laughs) So I figured I would just start a blog. um, And I didn't think anyone would read it at all. But I'm glad that you had someone to tell you that because, like, again, (laughs) I didn't start my blog until, like, you know, my my site until like two years ago really and it's yeah and it's it's just one of those things where it's like you you don't you don't really think about about doing it and you you like talk about it maybe and mm-hmm. so I'm I'm glad that you had that kind of like that push from her mm-hmm. yeah Whether it was she really helpful it that's, that's so awesome. amazing to have a mentor like a men- <laughs> mentor and like 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 that and like to really oh push my God. you to do she's that she's just she's the coolest um yeah, if anyone ever, if you guys get a chance to take her class, it's like the greatest. I can only imagine. <laughs> so I know that you're a fi- well, you want to be a filmmaker. You're yeah. a filmmaker. So what kind of movies do you want to make? Like what? Just like do you have like a subgenre that you're focused I, on? I really love horror comedy, so that's mm. definitely Fuck all yeah. of yeah. And um, I really love slashers. And I really want to make um, some more modern slashers. Uh, we Sweet. need some more modern slashers, yes. please and thank like you. Like freaky. And I'm, I was happy to see it get, get a lot of love this year because uh, yeah. I I miss them. Me I miss too. them a lot. We were talking about this recently, Terry and I, about how like because we watched Wrong Turn. Have you seen Wrong Turn, Corey? I haven't. It's on my list. Okay. I mean, like it's fine. But we were talking about <laughs> how like, slashers. It was like on the tail end of like the early 2000s slashers, and now there isn't really. A lot of them, yeah. That, like modern day, like I think there's probably a rise coming with like freaky, but still, like it is very interesting that slashers aren't really. Yeah, it bothers me. <laughs> I really miss them. There was like the elevated horror, um, ugh, the elevated <laughs> horror like push to make more like that. I like those movies, but I'm just I need a good slasher. They're so nice to like distress with and. Sometimes I just want to see a gory fucking movie that oh is like God, I just want to see formulaic and fun. Like yeah. I love yeah. like some really good deaths with yes. the pretty like a pretty crazy monster and some like teenagers running away or like college <laughs> students. Like exactly, right. I just want to see more teens getting murdered. Is that so much to ask? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I think we've had like a really good run over the last few years of like horror with messages. You know, the slow burn horror, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. That what would people call elevated um but like i'm i'm ready to have some fun exactly and i think you can still have fun with messages but yeah absolutely different yeah yeah i agree so you also have um this podcast that you're that you're working on scream teens what (laughs) tell tell us what this is about um that's a podcast that my friend lena who is a 17 year old from france and i are doing for the anatomy of a scream podcast yeah it's really cool we both talk about like different horror monsters and things in their histories and then sort of our teen perspectives on them and how we were introduced to them so things like witches and werewolves and that kind of thing cool yeah and that's with anatomy of a scream Mm -hmm. i love that their initiative that they started last year we're like trying to get more people because like i do think there is an entry point where people are a little afraid of of stepping their toes into it i mean i yeah i know we were (laughs) so it's like i i think that it's it's kind of great that that there is that kind of platform. They've been really cool. And like, they have helped us every step of the way because neither of us had any idea what we were doing. Right. So they've been really helpful. (laughs) It's daunting. Podcasting is like, it's scary. Daunting to start out. It's, 
definitely scary, especially when you're like, how do I edit audio? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, how does that work? I was, thank God I knew how to, like, edit film audio. It's sort of similar. That's oh, definitely go. very helpful. Yeah. Um, when does it, um, when does the first episode drop? It drops sometime in January. We're not, we don't have okay. a cool. set date yet, but we'll see. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Okay. So now to our movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Corey, <laughs> movie are we talking about today? Okay, we're talking about R.L. Stein's The Haunting Hour, Don't Think About It, from 2007. Honey, I know it's awkward to be dropped into a new school, especially after the semester has started, but look, look, listen, just give it some time. It'll get better. Check out the three. From the creator of Goosebumps comes a new adventure. <laughs> It's a powerful feeling to watch others cringe in fear. The evil thing. Sounds scary. The evil thing is yours. Give me that story. The evil thing is a gruesome beast. It's a two-headed thing whom you don't wish to greet. But don't worry. Please don't have a fit. The evil thing is not real unless you think about it. Don't think about it. It's real. It's got your brother. The Haunting Hour. It's fun to scare people, isn't it? The longest title ever. Yes. So here's the summary. It's very basic. A girl (laughs) and her brother have spooky encounters when one of them reads the lines of a mysterious book given to them by Tobin Bell. (laughs) Yes. And his fabulous wig oh god the wigs (laughs) the wigs in this movie are so rough (laughs) they're so rough they're so good yeah so okay this is a a, so it's a before we jump into your experience Corey. this is like a made direct to direct to dvd movie made in 2007 (laughs) and then it came and a couple days later it's out on cartoon network so it's very much one of those like made for kids made for tv horror movies that kind of act as a bridge between straight up horror and like kids stuff yes definitely it's definitely like halloween town-esque but scarier mm-hmm. um okay so Corey, tell us the <laughs> horror story of when you saw this how old were you um how did you watch it what were like the after effects of it paint us a picture <laughs> okay so this is like definitely one of the earliest horror movies i remember watching I think okay. I was probably four or five when i watched it so i was like really oh. little yeah wow and I just, like, happened to see it on Cartoon Network, and then ever since I became so obsessed with it that I, like, rented it every single day at Blockbuster. Like, every time the <gasps> my renting was up, I would rent it again so that no one else could rent it. <laughs> <laughs> but no one else wow. wanted to watch it, so it was a good deal. Um. <laughs> so so you, you caught this on Cartoon Network. Was it, like, was it just... <laughs> Did you seek it out, or was it just, like, on? No, it just happened um, by chance. (laughs) (laughs) And I was, like, really obsessed with being goth as a kid, because I watched Scooby-Doo, which is Ghost, and saw the Hex Girls, and, like, I watched Avril Lavigne's girlfriend video, and I wanted to be that. So, oh, Corey, this is beautiful. (laughs) Oh, God, is it? I was similar. Um, (laughs) So this movie has like a goth Emily Osmond at like 
I think she's 13 in this, um, and that's all I wanted. I wanted to be goth Emily Osmond so badly. <laughs> so you saw this at the age of four. So like what – you watched it. Like how how did your fear kind of manifest? Like what scene scared you the most? And like were you terrified afterward? Like what Definitely, was that like after watching it? I think the, there's a scene under the bed that really scared me. <gasps> always under the bed because yeah because the you don't see the monster but he like goes on top of the bed and like rips one of the kids stuffed animals heads off oh my god when he ripped the head off yes i was like just like cackling i was like that is violent but also i thought it was so funny yeah and um the the endings sort of the first time you see like the huge monster when they go down into the sewers really scared me because i was like super scared of anything that looked remotely similar to E.T. <laughs> E.T. scared me so badly as a kid. And I just hated that monster so much. But I kept watching this movie over and over again and just kept getting more and more scared. I don't know. It's like you building up an immunity to it. I guess so. It didn't work, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, were you, like, scared of a dark? Were you scared of your, like, going to, like, take turning the lights off? Like, oh is that God. how your fear I'm kind of s- manifested? I was scared of everything as a kid. Um, oh, really? Yes, everything. Literally everything. Um, I was really scared of getting kidnapped for some reason and, like, strangers. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and i think i was also just scared of the fact that like i had could not stop thinking about the monster and i was like the more i think about it the more real it's going to become and if i think about Uh... it oh yeah i have to say that that is that is that was kind of a smart little addition to the story about like just if you if you think about it, it's going to make it real because Mm -hmm. as soon as you tell someone that obviously they're going to start thinking about it exactly so i i did think that was kind of a smart little thing for kids because because like kids will will freak out about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm sure the message of this was like, don't think about ghosts in your closet or whatever, and then they won't be there. But all I could do was think more and more about it. So it well, exactly. Really <laughs> and so the monster, and this is pretty cool. It's pretty fucking creepy, actually. Yeah, it's got like. You know, it's got one head full of gross teeth, and it's it looks like the thing. Apart from the thing, it's it really head does. splits in two. Mm-hmm. Um, so Greg Nicotero was one of the people yeah. who did the creature effects in this movie, which and is they look so, so cool. Good. It's I really, was really surprised really good. about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. This this is obviously my first time watching this movie. <laughs> yeah. um, this isn't a yarn Same. that I grew up watching. <laughs> But I will say that, like, to be to be fair, when I first started watching this, it was like about halfway through and there was no creature yet. And I was like, it takes a really long time. I was like, I what about this was scary? <laughs> it was my initial <laughs> thought, because I was like, I was like, so I was so bored. I will. I'm going to admit it. I was so bored. And then when the yeah. creature finally, finally shows up at around the midpoint is when I was like, oh, that creature's kind of neat. And I. I know that they probably had to work with like a low budget, but I like the fact that you don't see it very often. You only mm-hmm. get like a whiff of it. And I think for a kid, that kind of thing is like that made it so much scarier. Right. Because you can fill in, especially if you have an overactive imagination, which mm-hmm. I would have as a kid. I don't I, I don't do. know if that's mm-hmm. even yeah. yeah. Oh yes. That you fill in those blanks and it becomes something even even worse than what they could mm-hmm. potentially put on screen. Definitely. Yeah, it's funny, Terry, because I was watching this and I was like, oh, there is absolutely no fucking way that Terry under like vibes with this. I could have vibe with this <laughs> at all. Because like this is such, like it's such an early 2000s, like, yes, young adult horror movie. <laughs> like, and that's the shit that I love to watch because that was what I could watch with at my mom's house. Mm-hmm. So I would like pop on Disney Channel. I pop on Cartoon Network. And these were the movies I could watch. And I 
I didn't. I've never seen this one, but like Emily Osmond's character. If I had seen this, I would have been obsessed with her as a child. Oh my god, I was like, so. Obsessed I wanted with her. to be that cool goth girl. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to be. I wanted to have like the gumption to wear yes. black lipstick to school and black eyeshadow. Like there uh-huh. is no way in hell I would ever have done that. But she just did it, and like she read. Hor- like I always read horror books at mm-hmm. school, Me and like too. she had the room I always wanted. <laughs> so it was so funny because I was as I was watching this, I felt myself transported back to when this would have come out, and I would have like been absolutely enamored yes. with this movie. It was and it like got all of the. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I see it has all the tropes of all those movies I used to watch, like the, <laughs> the, the mean bully and yes. She comes to the new school and the bully is terrible and there's a cute boy and it's just like <laughs> so goofy, but there is something like nostalgic about it that I was very into. Yeah. And also, <laughs> Sorry, Terry. Can we talk about the, the cockroaches in the pinata? <laughs> uh, yes, we must talk about this because like, first of all, like there are like two major prank. Well, the second one isn't really majors. So we'll get to, but like there are two pranks in this with, with her and, and Priscilla and, <laughs> That one is actually kind of mean. Yeah, it's really <laughs> I thought mean. That was actually, I thought that was really mean. Also, like, she I... ordered cockroaches online. Does <laughs> <laughs> she have a debit card? Probably. <laughs> we'll give her a debit uh... card. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so like the, the whole premise for those who haven't watched it is that there is a Halloween ball, which I love that there's a Halloween ball mm-hmm. at this town. Oh like, I would have loved to have had that growing up as a kid. But the mean girl is Priscilla, and she gets crowned the pumpkin queen. <laughs> And it's like a moment that's like out of Carrie. Instead of like blood being dumped on her, she is hitting a pinata for some reason. And cockroaches come falling out of it. And then she falls and does a pratfall into the cake. And I got to know what you guys thought of this. Um, I think it's so epic. Yeah. Yeah. I felt bad. I felt felt, I was like, oh, because I I was I thought they were going to be like crickets or something. Those fucking giant cockroaches. Yeah. No, that's great. That's fucked up. <laughs> I thought that was sort of like a don't mess with me type of thing because, like, I will get you much True. worse. Yeah. And I kind of loved it in a way because I feel like in a lot of those movies, like, the the girl who's bullied doesn't really get, like, her revenge <laughs> so early in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, they're not usually – like, they're not, they're a little bit, like, meek. And this girl's mm-hmm. like, I'm not fucking around. I'm going to yeah. order cockroaches on the fucking internet <laughs> and dump them into this pumpkin pinata. And she's, like, not like, scared to do that at all. She just goes ahead oh and does it. Oh, my God. And like smiles. Yeah. Like, she's you know, devious. That's the one thing I actually, you know, I actually really liked her character because mm-hmm. in a twist, she's not, as you're talking about, she's not meek. She she sees her crush and she stares at him. You know, when, when he looks, of course, you know, there's that uncomfortableness and she looks away, but she makes it known that she likes him. And she's like, this is, I like this person. She's not afraid of talking about it. She's not afraid of not dressing differently. She doesn't, it's not a story about her conforming or like a need to conform, you know, and sometimes in these stories where you have like the other person, which of course is this, you know, the, the gothness and her being different, you have like that kind of need to like try to conform. And then by the end of it, everyone is, is friends, but you know, and, and can understand <laughs> and appreciate each other's differences, but no, she's not going to conform. This is who she is. And I thought that's, I thought that was actually, she's actually a pretty strong female character. And yeah, I, I actually right? really like that. Even though she was so a little mean. I. She was just mean, kind of but a dick, like... but also like I was a dick at 13. Yeah, we all were. <laughs> Yeah. I like what I really like about it too is like we always see female characters that are just so like boring or meek and and don't yeah. really have much personality to them and she was so sassy and she was like a 13-year-old walking into some weird random shop with Tobin Bell and like 
She was not scared of anything, and I loved that about her. But that was definitely giving me stranger danger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I got five bucks for this weird-ass flesh-bound book. Can I have it? (laughs) Also, you're a creepy-ass man, but all right, I'll buy your book. Exactly. Like, Like, she wasn't scared of anything. (laughs) Also, like, she – okay – in the there's like a very small detail here when she comes out of the Halloween shop. She is wearing like red fishnet hand yeah. covers. I wanted so badly to be cool enough to wear those in public. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and I was just like, I was watching this. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this is really pushing me back to when I was like, <laughs> a, like a preteen watching like, this. This is everything like, I wanted. <laughs> Jesus, like if I had seen this movie when I was in middle school, I would have like watched it every single day i i literally <laughs> so did watch funny. it every day it's so sad but i oh <laughs> oh my god you know i will say that i am i'm really tired of movies having a surprise tarantula moment i could really do without <laughs> oh, the surprise tarantula moment because i was like oh it's there i know that what is that and then all of a sudden it jumps and i'm like no fuck this this movie is officially the scariest movie i've seen in like since something like this way comes I don't like it. I don't like it. Blame R.L. Stein. Don't blame me. (laughs) Okay. Can we talk about R.L. Stein? Yes, please. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, Corey, did you grow up reading R.L. Stein? Yes, but I watched the TV series more. Like, I I read a lot of the books, but I watched the TV series, like, religiously. Oh, okay, cool. So that's the Haunting Hour show, right? Because this was the full-length movie, but there was like a multi yes, it was the Haunting show, Hour, right? But there was also, I don't know if this is the original Goosebumps TV show or not, but there was some form of Goosebumps TV show that really terrified me as a kid. I, I want to say it was like the the um, like the um like redo of it. I, I'm not I 100% so. sure. I think so, because I watched like the Goosebumps show when I was like seven or eight. It's um, and this one, I know the show came out in like 2012 or 2013 or something like that. It's whatever one has the golden that. retriever in the like the theme song. I don't all I remember is the golden retriever with like green eyes in the Goosebumps theme song. Oh no, wait, that's the that's the that's the OG. <laughs> okay, that's the OG. Then, then I guess I watched the original like okay. reruns of it maybe. I mean, yeah, they were on I can't forget a channel but they were on a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So R.L. Stein was like my gateway. And oh, really? one of my gateways. Well, because so I loved Goosebumps and I really loved Fear Street. Like Fear oh, Street yes. was my shit because I felt so badass reading Fear Street because it was gory <laughs> and there was like teenagers. Mm-hmm. So my aunt um, is only nine years older than me. So she's like my older sister. And so she would read Fear Street. Ooh. And so the Fear Street books when she was done would go up into my grandparents' attic. So then I would go up into the attic where no <laughs> one could see me and read the Fear Street books in their attic and like scare the shit out of myself but like (laughs) that is like fear street goose i had so many goosebumps books but like my strongest memories are reading fear street and like feeling so cool reading these like gory creepy books that were so much more than goosebumps in my head at least Mm -hmm. but yeah rl's time forever yeah yeah you know goosebumps was kind of my entry into horror um literature as well with mm. um the original run because the original um book came out in july of 1992 welcome to dead house and i remember it was like fifth grade and our teacher would read to us and that was a book she chose everyone in the class loved it and that was like my oh there's horror books as well because i had always 
just associated with horror with film. Yeah. I started like devouring them every time they would come out with a new one. Like it was the OG one. So it was Welcome to the Dead House and Stay Out of the Basement and Monster Blood and Say Cheese and Die, like all these books. And he had like such a aggressive schedule that they were just constantly coming out. But I was I was of the age, so I missed I missed Fear Street. Um, and I went straight. I went straight from Goosebumps to like Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a jump. <laughs> <laughs> so you with R.L. Stein, it was more the TV show, but you did read some of the books too. Is that is yes, that correct? Corey, I did. Or? I mostly read like the books of the episodes that I liked, though. Like I usually oh, okay. knew oh, the storyline okay. already. So I just remembered one of the, my favorite moments from Goosebumps, and I had to Google it because I couldn't remember. There's an, there's a book where. This person is transported to another planet and they look like people, but the one difference is they um, have mouths in their armpit and they eat in their armpits. It's called Earth Geeks Must Go and it's part of the Goosebumps series 2000. And for some reason, I think about that more often than I should about these people who have to eat out of their armpits and the kid, the kid who came, who like appeared on the planet was like, thought he could blend in, but then he's like, fuck, I don't have armpit now. Could you imagine like pitching that and being like, so everything's the same except this one thing? <laughs> Honestly, armpits. I fucking love it. Like it's so stupid. It's so random. Who came up uh, with that? I love yes. it. Anyway. But you know what I what I do love <laughs> with this conversation is I mean, you know, I'm almost forty. Mary Beth, you're in your twenties. Corey, you are in your, your teen years. And yet we all have all of us are traumatized by goosebumps. By R.L. Stein, yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's I think that's amazing that this this man has like traumatized generations <laughs> of of people. And oh continues my gosh. to it's do it. It's true. It's true though. Like he is he is around. Like he's still writing. He's yeah. still relevant. Like he really he is, is like the kid Stephen King. Yeah, he really is. He is. He definitely is. And I love him. Yeah, he's wonderful. Did you guys ever read the Headless Ghost Goosebumps? Because that was like the scariest one for me. Headless Ghost. I think I did. There was like this boy that like was obsessed with strawberry ice cream in it. And like, I can't <laughs> look at strawberry ice cream without thinking about him. Because the whole plot was these people went to this house and like, they met these other kids that they thought were he like normal kids, but they turned out to be ghosts that were like lying to them the entire time. And that freaked me out so bad. I remember this cover, oh but God. I'm not. I just re I remember that vividly as like the scariest Goosebumps I ever I ever read and watched. The scariest one I saw was when the mask gets stuck on the girl's face. Like oh I had my a recurring God. nightmare. I had a recurring nightmare where <laughs> oh, that happened yeah. to me. No, really? Fucking Jesus. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> That's scary. That's really scary. It's so funny. I do remember this cover though. Oh, and like I so I'm so sad that I got rid of mine when I was like grown up. Yeah. Because I like did too. Oh, I just want a shelf of all of them all again. Goosebumps. I yeah. just want all goosebumps. And I'm so sad. Yeah. But maybe one day I'll just like buy them all and it's it's gotta be like relatively easy to buy them now. It's probably like a big investment, but they have a lot of them at like thrift stores and stuff. There's a, like a place True. here that sells like almost all of them. Ooh. Yeah. If you're if you're ever like in Arizona <laughs> <laughs> What I did like about kind of going back to the, the creature of this. Went off on a tangent. No, it's good. I, what, what fascinated me was like how many different movies uh, this creature kind of 
pulled from, homaged, yeah. maybe ripped off a little bit. But like, there's like you have like the the egg sacs on the creature that are mm. like pulsating and reminding me of like the gremlins, Ooh. like the eggs kind of thing. The when he's like walking by the the bed and the especially the attack on the on the um <laughs> the Papa John's. Let's put a pin on that for a moment. <laughs> Uh, but when he's attacking the Papa John's thing, it reminded me of like pulling from like Jurassic Park in the way like the, you know, they would they would film like the raptors moving around and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And then the alien is or the, the alien, the monster is leaving goo around like <laughs> yeah. the alien monster and he's wrapping people and up in like a coons like Yeah. And and you mentioned the thing and I hadn't even thought about that. But yeah, he does kind of remind me a little bit of, of the thing and the way it like splits and stuff. But the, when he wraps people up in like cocoons, it feels like a mix of like a spider web, but also there's like a lot of goo. So it's like alien and he's cocooning them to <laughs> feed them to his yeah. babies. Like there's a I lot of about, like, like killer clowns from outer space with those like weird. Oh, yeah. Things. Oh, yeah. yeah. So going back to the Papa John's moment. <laughs> <laughs> I. Sorry. <laughs> I realized while I was watching this movie and then I was like doing some like background research into it that papa john's did an advertisement campaign for this movie where like they would include a flyer with like this movie that's coming out on cartoon network and i remember seeing it like i have this vivid memory of like because i was looking at the posters like man this poster looks so familiar and then i saw the papa john's (laughs) he's like oh my god that i was i got that when i ordered a papa john's pizza oh my god I can't My believe God. they advertised this. I can't believe they wanted to. They did. I, you know, they got like a prominent merchandise in the in the movie, and so then they were like advertising it. And I remember getting this, like, what the fuck is this movie? It's on Cartoon <laughs> Network, because of course, you know, it came out in, t- in two thousand seven, so I was like twenty six at the time. So I'm like, yeah. what is what is this crap? Give me my pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Give me my pizza. <laughs> Well, I'm wow. so glad you got to watch it now. <laughs> I know. It's like prophecy fulfilled. Here's the flyer. <laughs> you watch it like, what, 13 years later? <laughs> oh, my God. I do have some problems with the plot. I know. <laughs> really? <laughs> I know. Okay. I completely understand that this that this is such a weird thing to focus on. But first of all, one, what is that mystery meat that is like sitting out through the entire movie? Oh, the roast! Oh, yeah, the, the roast. roast! It is so that red. Why does it have roast so much blood just, like, in it? Kept coming up. Nothing has <laughs> okay. that much blood. Like that was too. That much. is what I want to. That is what I want to. <laughs> that is what I want to talk about. Because first of all, you're right. There's way too much of that red stuff for it to be like squished out into like fill out a jar. But two, that is not blood. It's not blood. Yeah. It is myoglobin. It is a mix of when because when they ship meat and it's frozen. All of a sudden, like all of that mixes in with the protein and it makes the the liquid look red. So that is not blood. So this whole thing (laughs) is flawed from the very beginning because that is not blood. R.L. Stein, you need to rewrite this movie. It just doesn't work. (laughs) Wait, is that? Okay, so this will make very slow on this. That's where she got the blood. Yeah, they were squeezing it out of the meat. I don't know why I didn't like, I was like. The fuck? Where the fuck did you get blood? My favorite line, though, was when she was like, I know exactly where to get some blood. <laughs> I, know. I know. I, I was, was like, like oh. where is she getting this? Is she going to go, like, slaughter a pig? I mean, I wouldn't put it past her, but, yeah, like... she would. <laughs> but, yeah, I was like, what? 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 And then it's it's the fact that it's not... What they're cutting is not really blood. And that's what would bug me about this movie. And I realize that that is ridiculous, but... No, that's a good point. <laughs> 
just for anyone that's ever in the same situation, make sure you get yes. real blood. <laughs> get real blood, because that is not going to work blood. like in the movies. You're going to need to go kill a pig. <laughs> just... I mean, if she can order cockroaches online, she could probably get blood. I mean, That's a good point. Where is she shopping? That's not like, you know, is it like know. some like, dark web of... <laughs> I'm sure she's on like some dark web. No, you can buy cockroaches really easily online. Can oh, you... good to know. Oh, how... How, how do you know? How do you know this? <laughs> I know this because I used to have a, a pet bearded dragon, and oh. it was really a pain in the ass to like have to go to a specialized Wait, pet store cockroaches? to get him. Do they? Eat? Yeah, when they get bigger, you have to feed them cockroaches. Oh my god! Everyone in New oh. York should own one. <laughs> everyone <laughs> in an apartment. Okay. See, you would think, but they can't eat those cockroaches because they're not supposed to eat like nasty, dirty ones where they don't know oh, where they. Wow. It's weird. I don't really get it. I don't. <laughs> Understand, that like defeats the purpose but... then. So you just had like boxes of of cockroaches to feed. Oh God! Your bearded dragon. That's like my worst nightmare. Okay. Look. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to say to defend myself. Um, you were taking just care like, of your pet. It, yep, he just like ate cockroaches, and it was gross because they were huge. But like, Ew. you can order them online, and it's not hard. So she probably ordered them from a pet store. Because one time I ordered a, bo- a box of a thousand crickets, which is a fucking disaster. A when he was a baby, yeah, yeah I know. Like having a lizard is hard. It um, is. I had I had an iguana, so I'm I'm only giving you a little bit of shit. But we never, I, I never thought about feeding him cockroaches. We did have to feed him like mealworms and crickets. So I'm, I'm with you there, but. My stepdad got him into the crickets cause, or into the, the roaches, but it's because he was getting bigger and it was like, it's probably better to like feed him these. Like he, my stepdad like researched it and was like, oh, he needs cockroaches. So <laughs> we learned where to get cockroaches on the internet when we couldn't go to the specialized exotic pet store. Well, so, that's you good know, to know. It, isn't it? So if you ever need <laughs> to order cockroaches, <laughs> Now you know it's not that to difficult. To put into a piñata <laughs> for the the pumpkin ball oh, yes. at Halloween. Yep. <laughs> Next pumpkin ball that y'all go to and you're trying to get revenge on the pumpkin queen. Yes. <laughs> Which, anyway. okay, can we talk about how Priscilla's prank back to her is, like, so lame. terrible? It's so dumb. I think with a name like Priscilla, though, like you're setting yourself up for failure. <laughs> every villain in every kid's movie is named Priscilla. It's true. And she's like, my dad's going to get us a pink limo. <laughs> I was like, why is every single girl villain like this? And that's, I feel like, okay, I have a, a small rant to go on here. All right. This, I'm, is I'm why, this is why girls hate each other when they're mm-hmm. in middle school and high school. These movies perpetuated this evil popular girl myth and made us all hate each other and perpetuated this internalized misogyny. Yep. And it's so sad. I, <laughs> I know that they're bull- like I was bullied a lot by like the cool kids, but still, these movies did not help like the relationship between like nerds and other women. No. It was just I was thinking about that. I was like, I know it's not that deep, but I have to think talk about it because no, it's it's a horrible stereotype. And it's also It's horrible. The only reason that like the mean girls are usually like that is because they're super feminine and super girly. So they're trying mm. to like 
make us all hate ourselves and make ourselves like hate femininity itself yeah exactly which is like where the i'm not like other girls comes from and it's stupid yeah (laughs) i hang out with the boys oh my god yeah (laughs) which i fell into like i was i fell into that trap when i was in high school like it is a very real thing that really gets into your head and it's not great it's not good for you it's awful (laughs) i can attest to that (laughs) but it seems like there's a shift from that in a lot of these movies it's just so interesting it's like always girls versus girls and like it's just not and then like the stupid jock boy who's just there and he's allowed to be mean if he's nice at the end he is so sean in this is so dumb (laughs) he's so He's so dumb. One of my favorite parts is when he's talking about the book he's reading and she goes on about Edgar Allan Poe and like the tragic (laughs) gothic romance figure. I'm like, what? (laughs) And she's like, he created the self, the self-tortured protagonist as a horror convention. And his response is, I've never been to a horror convention. (laughs) I'm like, girl, you deserve so much better than this dude. I get that he has that hair that everyone loved in 2007, but... (laughs) You can do so much better. Literally. <laughs> Got that Bieber cut. Oh, God. Okay, yeah. also, his sh- his obsession with the shock pen. Like, he's so stupid. It's but my so favorite funny. I love that the shock pen worked like, on the monster, too. <laughs> that's my thing. He goes, shock pen! Like, I... <laughs> I absolutely oh God, love the dumb boys in these kinds of movies. Yes. Because they are so dumb, but they're so funny. They're beautiful comic relief. <laughs> and it's like, I just love, I'm trying to think of another one of like another guy like that in like kids horror movies that I've seen. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, but it's just so funny when they're like, I got it. <laughs> and like, there's such an f- interesting foil to like the cool girl character. It's just like this, these persistent tropes of like, Nerd character, mean girl, and then the jock who likes both of them, and like he's caught in the middle of their their revenge, like their rivalry, and it's yeah. so goofy. It did kind of bother me that he went along with Priscilla for such yeah, a long time, I and then know. he just like, and then he was just like, we all forgave him at the end for no reason, just because, right? Just because he's stupid, like, <laughs> <laughs> just because he's stupid. <laughs> oh my god, it's stupid well, and, and it's beautiful. Like, that that's the thing those boys get away with anything yeah it sucks to see that in like most movies but like jesus christ so he just got away with it because he's cute and has cute hair and smile and smiles mm-hmm. and like <laughs> i do have a question because when i was looking up the actors in this movie i saw that correct me if i'm wrong but emily osmond and the guy that played sean cody were in, in hannah, hannah montana yes mm-hmm. did you watch hannah montana oh my god did I? Yes. Every single day of my life for like five whole years. <laughs> I watched that show so much. I know nothing about Hannah Montana other than like my brother, my brother saying the songs like, everybody makes mistakes, everybody has those days. Like my little brother, he's nine years younger than me and he, wa- he loved Hannah Montana and would dance around singing that song all the time. Aww. That's all I know about. Well, besides Smiley Cyrus and like the oh whole Oh my God, you never it, watched but- Hannah Montana? I like think I watched it like rit like a couple you of times with my brother, it. but like I don't remember. It's like still funny now. <laughs> Do I? It's still pretty good now. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it holds up. <laughs> I don't even I, I I don't even really know what it's about. Okay, so she's a superstar, <laughs> but like she wears a wig, so no one knows that it she's Miley, and everyone thinks she's Hannah. <laughs> so then she can like live a normal life, but she has to be in secret and like keep the secret from all her friends. So she's like a superhero, but she's a superstar. <laughs> hmm. 
It's so good. And Billy Ray Cyrus is there, and Dolly Parton plays her grandma, and it is just such a good time. Oh my god, wait, oh, really? Dolly Parton that... plays her grandma? Yes. Mm-hmm. And huh. Emily Osmond wears like 80 different wigs. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about music, that show, right? Did everyone sing yes. on the show too, or yeah. was it just her? Well, mostly okay. just Miley, but sometimes Emily Osmond would like do the backups. Because she was her best friend. I was really surprised and really confused when we got to the end of this movie. <laughs> and I thought we were going to get like some like outtakes or something when the guy is like, Emily Osment, I don't think about it. Tape's rolling. They're sitting at a, at a booth and like, are we ready? Like, okay, let's go. Yeah. And I was like, are we going to get some outtakes from this? And all of a sudden, no, it's. I don't think about it. I don't think about it. I didn't know who Emily Osment was. And so I'm like, watch this going, why is she singing? What is happening at the end of this horror movie? They were having a music video. You know, I asked that myself when I first saw it because she like <laughs> never really had a music career. Like she wasn't a musician. So this was just something they made her do, I assume, for the movie. And they played this 24-7 on Disney Channel Radio and the music video, which is not a music video. It's just like a video of her in the studio because I guess they didn't have a budget. Soundstage. It's, <laughs> it's so bad. Oh this my God. movie just like is an onion of weirdness. It's, it's so, so funny. Strange. I'm so glad you I'm so glad you picked it though, because I feel like we haven't talked a lot about like those kinds of movies, like the, the the kid the kid young adult horror. And it is just so funny to see what those movies were like and like reflecting on them. They're because so weird. This movie is so weird. I'm so, so sorry. Weird. <laughs> don't apologize, don't please. Apologize. The thing for me as an almost 40 year old that I love <laughs> is I love seeing what kind of kid centric horror movies people watch throughout time. Because for me, like I was thinking back to in the in the 80s and I would watch like, you know, Monster Squad or I would watch yeah. like these kinds of films. And so I think it's fascinating to see how the the movies change, how they sometimes get a little bit deveined because like you would not see <laughs> you would not see Monster Squad on Cartoon Network. Let's let's be honest. I know, but I wish we would have. I only yeah. just recently watched it this year and it's so good. It is so good. I mean, it it did surprise me a little bit of like the casual homophobia, but like <laughs> But, I mean, yeah. 80s, but it's just, it's what you have to deal with. But like, yeah, it is, it is so good. And I just, I'm always curious to see what kind of, <laughs> what that looks like now in like 2000s and, and, and onward. I will say like almost all 2000s kids movies were absolutely feral. Like if you've ever seen Chuck Boy and Lava Girl, <laughs> that movie makes zero sense. And it's one of the best movies of all time in my that opinion. That movie is feral. So <laughs> is so Spy strange. Kids. Um, so is so Spy, Spy Kids. Kids uh, if you've ever seen the live action Cat in the Hat with Mike Myers, fuck that. That is a horror movie, and I will die on that hill because it is so okay. scary. So that's I wanted to trans- transition into that because I feel like, and please Terry, correct me if I'm wrong. There were not really like kids horror movies as often in like the 80s and the 90s. Like there obviously like Watcher in the Woods and there was something wicked that were like Disney movies, but there weren't a lot of like there wasn't like a market for like young adult horror. Well, there was for like the the kind of like 13-year-old, like the 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 young or the little bit older kids cuz like okay. you had Monster Squad, you had The Gate, you had like I mean even like okay, Gremlins and whatnot. That's were sort true. of like an ET. So like you did have you did have some of those and like Poltergeist even for for that matter. See, but that shit scares. 
<laughs> it is scary, but like that, I mean, those, those were PG movies. I mean, it's like. True. I, I guess what I, I guess because I'm thinking like, there wasn't a Disney channel. There wasn't no. like a Nickelodeon. So I feel like there weren't a lot of these like made for TV <laughs> Halloween movies that would come out that were like specifically made for a very young audience because like, and but also like fear for a young audience has changed quite a bit. Yes. Because like the gate and the gremlins and et like that shit's scary yeah well not et as much except e. for is pretty scary. Scary. <laughs> i'm sorry he's so scary looking i love him and i think et's the greatest but he's terrifying to look at well, we talked about on the on our et episode about like as a yeah. kid i remember when when et is like running going ah, oh it scared God. me as a kid like <laughs> the sounds just he the made noise too that he would were make. so strange like <laughs> <I'm> so <laughs> But I, I do think that that I mean, it's a valid point. Like I said, it never had cables. So like, if it weren't for the fact that it was on one of the, the core channels, ABC or NBC, or CBS, that kind of thing, like, there was nothing. And so Disney would sometimes put out put out Disney movies, you know, they put out Watch in the Woods and something wicked this way comes and that kind of stuff. But like, a lot of the the horror was either it felt like it was it was made for like the kind of bridging the gap between being like um a teenager and being an adult you know Definitely. what i mean yeah what what was there in the 90s cuz is that when is that when hocus pocus was released i don't know yeah. Yeah, hocus pocus was like 90 what 5 was that 95 okay. am i yeah i guess you so like argue things like the craft were for like teens at least but not really younger kids a 93 so, like, what I'm thinking about, I guess, is, like, Halloween Town that are, like, yeah. movies yeah. that are, like, on the edge of horror that have, like, those scary-ish moments, but they, like, are meant to, like, mostly entertain kids. And I guess you can kind of see that parallel between – you could make that connection between Disney movies like Watcher in the Woods, but th that leaned right, like, full into fucking horror yeah. rather than these Disney movies now that are, like – that are sugar-coated. It feels like – yeah. They've pulled back from the reins. Well, just thinking about something like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which I guess isn't a horror movie, but it's scary as hell. Like, Oh, I cannot wait for someone to come on the show and talk about that movie because it terrified it's me. It's so scary. Yeah. And that, like you said, like, then there's the other weird movies like Cat in the Hat. That's like body <laughs> horror. That's like technically not and, horror, but like, that is one of the scariest movies I've seen to date. Look, I can't believe creepy. that movie got made. I cannot. Well. And, like, that actually remind, makes me think about how, like, a lot of movies weren't necessarily scary, but they had, like, weird elements. Like, people just got fucking weird. They were just and, like, odd. Put, yeah. Like you said, feral. Like, just weird. <laughs> like, did you ever hear that movie Cats and Dogs where the cats and oh dogs fought God, each other? Oh, my God, yes. Like, that was so weird. That's the second time. This, this, is the, this is the second time that movie has come up on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but then, so, like, the more I'm talking, the more I'm realizing, like, there was Paranorman, but that was a little bit more recently, I guess. Like Paranorman, I was, like, too scared to watch as a kid. Like, I did not want to watch it. It's so beautiful. Like, that's really Leica, good. right? Really? Leica. So, yeah, yeah Leica. Really um, so I, I feel like there's this trend where it was like, oh, kids can't handle horror, but now it looks like, oh, actually, kids are pretty intelligent. It feels like a roller, like a weird roller coaster. Yeah, but then they don't make, they're making more for kids now and then not for teens. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I will say like we weird. had Coraline it's... and Coraline was huge and that's Coraline is oh. so good. Coraline oh, is really Coraline. good. Yeah. Coraline is pretty scary. I was like, I was like pretty old, but like I was older when I saw it and I was like, 
ew, this is like if you're freaky. watching that as like an eight year old, like yeah, you're gonna be scared. And Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, definitely. That was technically it was PG thirteen, but like Harry Potter. Yeah, that's true. I guess the more we're talking about it, the more I'm realizing that like kids' horror was maybe marketed as less of horror. Yeah, or I think the marketing definitely else. changed it a lot. Interesting. <laughs> this makes me think a lot about horror movies <laughs> and the ages <laughs> they are geared towards. Yes. What's the last like good movie you saw, Corey, that was geared towards teenagers? <laughs> If, if such a thing exists <laughs> freaky i guess um yeah but before that i don't know uh maybe the visit like before that i don't know <laughs> the visit okay. the visit like isn't a great example but it's all we have besides, i actually like, like the visit maybe it i liked the visit it wasn't scary I, I expected it to be scarier Ugh, i did not like the visit really really it's, it's found fun. footage terry <laughs> I think I, I think I get really annoyed when the movies are marketed as like supernatural and it's like the people were just crazy the whole time. Oh like, yeah, that bothered me. I just that bothers me so. Well, also, much like that's not movies. how like sundowning works <laughs> at all. No, no, and anyway, but <laughs> <laughs> I digress. That seems maybe a little ageist. I don't know, but yeah, a little bit. Maybe. But anyway, yeah. I. I should rewatch it. I've only seen it once. It's probably been a long time. It's been a long time, so maybe it's, mm-hmm. it's worth a revisit. Well, you know, what's what's funny is that it stars the two actors that are in Better Watch Out, Mary Beth. That's right. Oh yeah. Oh, that's yep. fucking right. The the best friend and um the well the main character. That's right. Brother and sister weird. in it. Weird. Weird. That's so weird. Yeah. Random. But I think like <laughs> maybe it was probably the most popular, but like that was a reboot. It wasn't an original. Okay. You know? So the movies that were like I, I guess PG thirteen because those are technically geared towards teens. So did like Happy Death Day work for you? Happy Death or... Day worked for me, but not a single one of my friends enjoyed that movie, unfortunately. Uh... I really, oh, really? like it okay. and I don't think they appreciated it enough, but um they didn't like it. Or like last year's Black Christmas? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. I had to kick okay. and scream to get my friends to see that, and they did not like it. We gotcha. had a really interesting talk with April Wolf about that and how people have no idea how to market to teenage girls. Like, literally zero clue. No idea. And they also don't know how to write for teenagers no. either. And I'll, like, I just wish that they would ask us, because like, we're, we're here. We're not doing anything, obviously. We're not really working <laughs> much or anything. All we have is school. Yeah, guys, right. hello. Please um, please huh. talk to teenagers when you're making movies for teenagers. Yeah, if you're writing a script about teenagers, have teenagers read it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because then it just sounds awful if you don't. It sounds like you're like a 40-year-old trying to sound like a 10-year-old, <laughs> and it's weird. Hey, I'm hip. Hello, fellow I'm down youth. with uh-huh. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um so one last thing before before we start to like wrap up tobin bell oh my god yeah sorry we shows up in this movie to talk about that (laughs) we do i i was like tobin bell is in this and i was looking up the timing and this so this is like around the time when when software comes out so he is like on his way out of of being like a main character in the saw universe and so i mean you know you need a paycheck i mean i get it arl stein like any chance to work with him i would take well yeah absolutely and also i had like a theory in my head which you know obviously is just a theory but it's like it almost makes it feel like oh the parents will watch it because tobin bell's in this movie you know what i mean like because he had oh. that name recognition from saw 
saw i was thinking about that at this time like yeah. he'd been in all the saw movies and i wonder if that was supposed to be like a marketing like draw for maybe parents or older audiences to be like hey look there's this horror star in it also maybe he just needed a paycheck like honestly it could be both <laughs> yeah to me it certainly felt like the directors like really wanted really new horror movies well like i don't know if you noticed but there are a lot of little things like Max's dollhouse says child's play on it and stuff. Ooh, I like, did not there are a lot see of, that. Oh, I missed that. There are a ton of like cute little references to horror movies, so it seems like they really pulled from a lot of them and wanted to reference horror movies as much as they could to make this like an introductory movie to horror to like bring the next generation into of horror fans into the genre. I did notice that with uh with when Sean is like we need a we, we need a bigger stick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously <laughs> referencing like Charles. So I, I I did pick up on some of that, but I missed the child's play mm-hmm. one. That was like I've watched it like 50 times. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's funny is this director Alex Zam Zam, he is like making Christmas movies now. Like Yes, like it's so funny. So we just talked to Justin Dyke who did anything for Jackson and he mm-hmm. primarily did Christmas movies and then I was looking up this director and Chris, he's he's known for the Christmas Prince. Yeah. Like he's done so many Christmas movies, and it's, and it's so funny to see like. So have the other writers for this besides R.L. Stein. But that's so interesting because talking to Justin, he was saying that like it's a way, it's a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Like people have such an appetite for those kinds of movies that like it's easy just to turn a bunch of them out. And I'm like, that is so fascinating. How yeah, it's interesting. Filmmakers, even ones that love horror. He hasn't done like any other horror films, but obviously, no. like you guys have said, like he obviously has a love of horror, or like the writers, yeah, had. or at least, or at least like researched it a lot for this movie, yeah. Because even the way it's directed and shot, you can tell like they definitely pulled from a lot of horror. And also, I don't know if you guys caught the this is like not related, but the the puppet in the window, like in the kitchen scene where she's going to like put something in a drawer and she walks back and the monster's like in the window. That scene got me every time as a kid. I knew oh. it was coming and it still terrified me. That I thought that was pretty I good. Must I must have missed that. that scene. Yeah, this is these are just things I pick up on when I watch it like a million times. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I get that cuz like, you know, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with like Monster Squad and whatnot. So like you mm-hmm. would you would watch it and then pretty soon you are picking up like this stuff that's happening in the background because you've seen it so much that your eyes are constantly like wandering. So that yeah. makes perfect sense yeah. to me. No, for sure. <laughs> So, do we want to give this movie a rating out of five? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Terry, how many Tobin Bell's fabulous wigs out of five do we give R.L. Stein's The Haunting Hour? Don't think about it. Well, and- <laughs> I will say the Tobin Bell did have a fabulous wig. He really did have a fabulous I was wig. Like, I, was, I was going, oh my God, I was gagging. I was, I was gagged. I was like, wow, wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> um, and, you know, okay, this movie was not for me. I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, I, I can appreciate I can appreciate what it was doing. I appreciate that it is like that kind of kinder trauma and that like bridge gap between getting kids into horror. And I think that's really important. So I think the importance of this kind of thing and the fact that there are stuff like Halloween Town. I think that's one, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> and like, there's, you should there's watch like... Halloween Town if you haven't seen it. It's so good. Is it? Is it? I don't. Is it, really? it really is. It's like really cute. I don't know if Terry would enjoy. it. <laughs> okay. Well, I think it's it's fun. I don't know. I don't know. It is fun. You have I to enjoy Halloween Town. Yeah. You have to like actually get into the story, you know. But okay. it's 
<laughs> Who it's knows? Like, Maybe for a little cut, I'll, I'll watch it. It's like Harry Potter, but if Harry Potter took place in Halloween all the time. <laughs> I mean, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I bet. Okay, so this movie, it was not for me. I don't like dogging on it because it, it is, I'm not the target audience for it. Um, but for me personally, it would only be two Tobin Bell's fabulous wigs out of five <laughs> for me. Uh, what about you, Mary Beth? <sighs> So this movie brought me very much back yeah. to when I was a young teenager who loved shit like this, who was trying to access horror however she could. So there's like a lot of nostalgia and I really enjoyed watching it. I mean, thinking about it deeply about like the pacing and how it's made and the use of the R slur at one yeah. point, oh, yeah, which was, that was quite weird. shocking. That was weird. Um, I am going to give it two and a half fabulous wigs, but I will say I enjoyed it a lot more than Terry mostly because it reminded it was like very much like i said nostalgic <laughs> for what i loved to watch as a child mm -hmm. so it was a it was fun it was very fun for me <laughs> it's fun it's not necessarily good it is fun. but it's fun yeah well and i am glad that, that you brought this because like i do like i said i do like being able to see what the the kind of trajectory that the kids horror has taken so i i, I think it says I, a I lot about that. kids from that grew up in the 2000s i think it just explains it a lot it definitely does um so Corey, you have the final word how many tobin oh bell's fabulous wigs out of five do you give don't think about it well i mean as i've seen this movie hundreds of times <laughs> i think i'm gonna give it a four but okay. only because it's four kids and i think it does a very good job of making it just terrifying enough for children and also tobin bell's character it. is like perfect like that's a great character. He has for a soft voice. He does the soft voice. He does do the soft voice. <laughs> Going back to Tobin for a moment, I did love the fact that this this character is is a trope that we have seen in kids horror before because we saw mm -hmm. the sort of like tempter figure in like something this something wicked this way comes and the character of like that sort of yeah you you know you want to do this pushing people is also <laughs> in like needful things with Stephen King so like this is it is a it's a horror trope and I did appreciate that they were using it in such a way mm -hmm. yeah i agree well thank you so much Corey, for joining thank us to talk about uh, thank you for watching this insane movie <laughs> I, I, like i said i loved it I am glad i'm that we so did. glad i'm glad that we did get to see the haunting hour don't think about it and i'm glad we had you to kind of take me on like this <laughs> this journey through a, an alien time period where i have no <laughs> concept of so i really do appreciate that where can our listeners find you and what do you have coming up you'd like to share you can find me on my blog gorycory.com and twitter and instagram at gorycoryhorror and at underscore gorycory underscore and coming up i have a podcast on anatomy of a scream called the scream teens excited for that thank Hell you yeah. <laughs> me too um yeah keep an eye out everyone for that announcement it'll be very exciting yes. um so listeners you've heard from us we've we want to hear from you have you ever seen rl stein's the haunting hour don't think about it <laughs> So, and if you haven't, what were some of the movies that scared you as a kid that maybe were more like kids horror? We want to hear from some of the younger listeners, too, because, you know, I know a lot of these 80s horrors scared us. But what about things like this? You can send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter. 
I am at MB McAndrews. And I'm a Gaily Dreadful. Of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. And don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. Thank you to Steve Barnold for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Stay safe out there. But most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>